Hey, what's up? It's Jaden. And it's Annie. And we're from With Confidence, and you're listening to the Rock Sound Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Rock Sound Podcast. I'm Will Cross, junior editor at the magazine. Joining me as always and forever, Tamsin Wills. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good week? It's been a pretty good week, yeah. I'm not too sure about the weather, if I'm honest. It's gone from about like a million degrees to freezing. Um, so I'm not happy about that. Yeah, it is Otherwise, a bit I'm cold. okay. Yeah, good stuff. And Mr. Jack Rogers. Hello, Will. How's it going? I'm all right, yeah. It's yeah? Been, it's been a bit of a hectic week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it has. It's, it's yeah. I don't even know why, but it's just it's one thing after another. Um, a busy con- life. Consider being Jack just consider me shook. Oh yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> like 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 this this week. It's completely just it shook me to my core. Like it's just been one mental thing after another after another, which. It's the way it should be. It's better than being boring, isn't it? Totally, yeah, yeah. It's been a pretty crazy week. Um, so, Tamsin, kick us off. Right, so, Waterparks, they have finished album number two, um, and we are all completely and utterly stoked, I think we can agree. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Jared Way has admitted that a lot of World of Warcraft was played during a My Chemical Romance tour. Apart from Frank, he wasn't a fan. Um, and you can also check out a family video of Sleep by Telemade on YouTube. Go and watch that. Uh, the story so far have released a new charity single called Out of It for the Brain and Behaviour Research Foundation. You are throwing in some right tongue twisters this week. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, we Came As Romans have announced a new album called Like War and released the video for the title track as well. Knucklepuck have released a new song, Double Helix, which is a banger. Oh, yes. Uh, the Used have announced a new album, The Canyon, and dropped a video for Over and Over Again. The album features 17 tracks. 17! That's a lot. It's an hour and a half. It is. It's a lem- an it's hour a- and a half of pure joy. Yeah, it's the same as a football match. <laughs> but but exactly. Burt McCracken rather than... <laughs> oh, can you imagine football. that? Play for yeah, Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Josh Middleton is now a full-time member of Architects. Silosis will continue as well. Um, but for now, Josh, Josh is going to be here, there and everywhere with the Architects boys. If you want to know more about what's coming up with them, head to our YouTube channel and you can see exclusive interviews with Sam and Dan from the band. And finally, to round things up, Fall Out Boy have released a new song. What do you think, Will? Oh, I'm really into it. I think it's like, I said this to Pete in the interview coming up, I think it's uh, a lovely kind of middle ground between Young and Menace and Champion. It's got the kind of weird, like, experimental nature of Young and Menace, but it's got the anthemic nature of Champion. Bang into it. Jack, you're the Fall Out Boy fan here. Right. <laughs> This is my thing. Last week, you tell me I'm not allowed to talk about Fallout Boy anymore. Like you said, right? You've talked about Fallout Boy too much, and then they drop this absolute rager, and then say, "Jack, <laughs> what do you think?" It's it's amazing. Like I'm I'm fully behind everything that's going on with Mania at the minute. I love the concepts. I love the colours. I love the llamas. I love the llamas. I'm well into the llamas, <laughs> like big style. Um, and I feel as like this is a track which is a really good representation of where they're heading and it's a mass it's another massive statement in a trio of statements like it's sassy it's loud it's brash and it's fallout boy 
I loved it when he started grooving the first time we had it in oh, the yeah. office. It was like a minute in and his yeah. eyes shut and he was just yeah. flicking you know, away. You know, you know, like, you know like um, in The Grinch, when like uh, he gets an idea and his smile goes up really high on his cheeks and his hair curls. That was like me when uh, Patrick started singing. But like, I'm not going to steal Christmas. I'm going to... Love life. Uh, stage dive to Fallout Boy or something. That's and it, you man. can stage dive oh. early next year oh. when they come back oh to the UK. <laughs> Literally. For like the most intimate show I think they've probably ever done, or at least done in a very, very, very long I'm, time. I mean, for people who haven't been to Electric Brixton, it is a shoebox. Like, it's an actual shoebox with a bar which sells red stripe man like, and that band in there on the form that they are now with the scale that they are that's just gonna be stupid it's like someone went into jack's mind picked out his dream <laughs> and then made it a reality yeah. literally yeah. amazing that's gonna be incredible um so yeah so so interview one so this week we're gonna have uh two huge huge interviews we've got pete wentz of course of fallout boy uh we're gonna have patty walls from as it is later on the show First up, Pete, uh, we're lucky enough to catch up with him. Uh, talk all about Last of the Real Ones, which released today, uh, released in the States yesterday, and uh, along with the, uh, obviously, the tour announcement and everything. So we talked about what's going on with Mania. Uh, he dropped some totally exclusive things that I was like, oh my God, when he said them. Um, so tune in, buckle up, and listen to Pete Wentz talking about what Mania's doing, what's going to happen with it, some exclusive stuff. Let's go. Hey, Pete, how's it going? Good, how's it going? Yeah, really good, thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. So obviously you've moved the sure. date of Mania to uh, early next year now, January next year. Um, so where are you guys uh-huh. at with the album at the moment? Is it is it still very much a work in progress? It's a work in progress, yeah, but we're much further along. And it's not necessarily that we weren't far along before. It was just we were, the songs weren't the right songs. You know what I mean? Like it was just... Um, you know, we totally altered the course, I think, you know, which I think was important. I don't think that, um, honestly, we could, like, you know, go around the world and kind of tour and play arenas kind of everywhere, I think. Um, but it's a lot tougher to, like, look at your family or look at whoever and be like, yeah, I'm going to go around the world um, and kind of promote this record that I think is just mediocre, you know? And so, like, we don't want to, we don't ever want to do that, you know? And so we just kind of, you know, had pivoted, you know? And I think, so we're, I would say... 60 or 70 percent done with the record now awesome so so was it in terms of the uh the album not kind of feeling right i guess like was that did that kind of come from uh the direction of where some of the songs had gone it just didn't feel kind of true to you guys or was it where was that kind of coming from i don't know you know like i think it was originally that it was just so i think we kind of got ourselves into a strange position when we were like we put out young and menace and then we were like well what is the rest of the body of work because it's not all going to sound like Young and Menace, but we just didn't know what the rest of it was, was going to sound like. And I think we just kind of found the stuff that we could make the product tension between me and Patrick and kind of like just let each other do our own thing. And I think that we, rather than serving the art, we ended up serving each other. And that um, leads to make, you know, like the songs were just, they just weren't compelling to me. I was just like, I was listening to them and I was like, I don't know. Do you like this? And Matthew was like, well, I thought you liked it. And it turned out like either one of us was really good, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, like, because uh, obviously t- the songs you put out, like Young and Menace and Champion, are both quite different. Um, is it the, um, did those kind of come from different places as well? Or were they, and they were sort of songs you were happy with from different areas? Or was that kind of, uh, were songs uh, not really gelling as well as those two did? Well, I don't think stuff gelled as well as those two did. And those are two diff- very different songs that, like, are meant to serve two very different things. You know, I think that Young and Menace was like a, like a palate cleanse, you know, that's what it was meant to be, you know, like, I think it was, you know, it's like when you're out, you know, tasting wine or whatever, where you sniff the coffee grounds, like, that's what that was supposed to be, so I think it served its purpose. Um, yeah, and then Champion, I love Champion, I think it's a great song. Um, I wish we had found the production that we'd had, you know, like, the our ideal production, like, producer, before we, you know, uh, figured out champion but we ended up coming up with some really cool stuff with jesse shatkin who i think is like a monster as far as like production or whatever um but yeah i mean i think now we've kind of figured it out like you know like we're working with a couple different producers but like they're all super specific you know like so it's like it's like you you know you don't you don't bring the like you know, elephant gun in when you're like you're hunting rabbits or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Like, cause uh, with the last of the real ones as well, that's coming out on Friday. Um, where did yeah. that come in? Was that from the kind of, was that from the original mania sessions or is that something that's come much more recently? No, much more recently. I don't think that people will hear anything from the original, anything else from the original oh. mania sessions, at least in the current incarnation. Like maybe you'll get a melody and maybe you'll get like a couple lyrics or something. But for the most part, it's all scrapped. So, yeah, last of the real ones, we went in uh, with this guy, Il Angelo. He's like a producer that I'm really into. And my buddy, uh, Guy Emberg, uh, this guy who did Bromance Records in France, hooked us up with Il Angelo. And we went in. He lives not far away, and we just played around with a bunch of stuff. And he, he had this idea for this crazy, like, super simple piano line, and we built a song uh, around that. Yeah, and I think that it's different. Like, this, is a diff- this song is different from people Champion and Young and Menace, and then I also think it's kind of different than anything Fall Out Boy's done uh, before. I think less so sonically and more so uh, the lyrical perspective. You know, it's like uh, maybe like our third ever attempt at like what I would say would be more of like a love song but it's like kind of twisted so it's still fallout boy <laughs> yeah for sure like in terms of <laughs> in terms of your uh your lyrics then going in like with a song like the last of the real ones will there be kind of more lyrical departures on the album i hope so i think that this album the one thing that i loved that when we decided to you know kind of give ourselves a do over was really taking a different perspective um because i think the stuff that we were doing was kind of a continuation uh, like a simple continuation from um, American Beauty, and that's fine. I think that would be fine, but uh, I think it's cool, you know, like to kind of, I don't know, like we do like a hard restart, you know, and that's what we, I think the lyrical perspective is. I think that it's like more nuanced, you know, like it focuses on um, like, like, like neuroses that I think that like, because like when you're in your twenties, you can get like the big emotions really easily, you know, yeah. and they're big and they're bright and they're harsh. But like, I'm older and I like, I'm like, Oh, there's always like nuances, you know, like there's 
subtlety to neuroses that you don't really, that it's harder to pick up on. And I'm sure, like, when I'm 60, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's all, like, bullshit and, like, whatever. But, like, you know, like, I'm a 60-year-old and I get it now. But uh, but for right now, where I'm at, like, I think that there's there's something to to be said that how all of our little neuroses, like, kind of connect us as humans. Like, these little glitches that we have and errors are, like, what make us human, kind of, you know? And so I think that this, what we focus in on that. Uh, this time around amazing and, and, and sonically as well uh, i mean you mentioned young and menace as being a kind of a palate cleanser um is that kind of as kind of uh, out there that mania is going to get or because i mean the last of the real ones maybe kind of uh, i've listened to it a few times now and it kind of maybe sits in between uh, young menace and champion and it's got that kind of experimentation to it but it's it's got that real anthemic feel of champion as well so is young and menace kind of as far as that's going to go or like what can we expect in that department I think, you know, like, so when me start to talk about it, he, I think, would disagree with me. He thinks that we go further than Young Menace, but I think he hears the songs since, like, he, you know, he, he, he's at the inception of the song, you know, so, like, it, it all sounds different to him, you know what I mean? So, um, uh, I think that Young and Menace is about as far left, you know, or, or whatever that we're going to go, um, on this record, you know, um, but I think that there's other ones that are like in between and ones that are like, it's interesting, like that you say, um, anthemic because it was like anthemic from the moment we, we heard this piano line, the minute I heard the piano line, I was like, this is an anthem, but it's so odd because it just was like a simple piano line, you know? Um, so I think that there'll be like, um, like I think of American beauty and say rock and roll almost as like a single album cycle because they were just so back to back. Um, yeah, and I think so. I think that there's other stuff that will be a jump from that. Cool. Is there any any hints you can give us, or is this kind of stuff that's very much uh, in the making of at the moment? I mean, it's in the making. I don't know. I would say that the hints would be um, it's more world influenced than I think we've ever gone before. Uh, I, I'm so like fascinated by a lot of what's happening in Latin music right now and what's happening in African music. And that's like, not to say like, like Fall Out Boy, you know, um, we have the constraints of being a band, you know, whatever. But I think that it, that those influences come through much more, maybe in the way that like, there's ears of the class that feel a little bit islandy kind of. Yeah, for sure. As, as well, because you've kind of you've dabbled in the kind of the hip hop world as well. Like you've you've um, you've brought Black Bear on tour and that sort of thing. Like, is there going to be maybe an element of that side of things too, alongside this kind of world music edge? I think so, but I think that the thing that I that is interesting about hip hop to me, um, we really focus on American beauty, uh, and that was you know using a lot of samples and and trying to see how a rock band could use samples. And I feel like we kind of ran its course with that. But one of the things that we, you know, like I think that when we, um, when we try these experiments, like we add, you know, like it's like when you're playing a video game and like you add a weapon to your pack or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> and I keep it then, you know, and I think we've kept the like track, um, since the, like, uh, the percussive elements, the, the stuff that comes from like trap music, like the best parts of it, I think, um, are still in our like production bag. Like you'll still hear that, um, or I still hear it at least. 
Yeah, for sure, definitely. I mean, as well, and I guess as well with um, with the the changing date of the album release and everything. Did it did it take a real kind of courage to do that? Because obviously the album's so hyped and there's so many people looking forward to it and excited for it. Like, did was it a really difficult decision? Did it say? Did it take a lot of courage from you guys to to kind of make that decision? I think that it was not a difficult decision when we were like, yeah, you need to put out like, like what's the alternative? Like it. Like, what is worse than putting out with something that you are not proud of or you think is a mediocre record? Like, what the alternative has to be better than whatever that is, you know? Mm. Like, to me, because I think, like, especially the way we, we, the culture we live in right now with the internet and whatnot, like, I think that there's more room for mediocrity. Like, you can put out something really bad and you can put out something really good and that'll make noise. And you can polarize people, which is what, like, Young and Menace did. You can put out interesting things, but there's no like mediocre. Is there's too much stuff out there? You know, like it's just you'll get no reaction. And I think that, um, yeah, I think about it in terms of, and I've you know talked about this a little bit before, but like in terms of like if Lucasfilm was like, you know, if we put out Star Wars right now, like it'll be whatever. If you give us like three more months, we'll give you a really good version of Star Wars. Me as a fan, it's like, yeah, you should definitely take the three months. Like, I don't want to see a bad, like a mediocre version, you know? Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And I mean, like you say, in sort of the way the music industry moves so fast now, do you think uh, that other bands, maybe like other bands might, might not kind of um, feel that they can do that, you know, that they can kind of hold, you know, they can kind of change the release and like really work on things and give people what, you know, they, they want to give them as opposed to, you know, having to feeling like that they're having to rush stuff out and that thing. Do you think there's a real pressure for, on bands nowadays for that sort of thing? I mean, I... Like, yes and no. Like, yes, in a way that, like, when we put out American Beauty, it was like an experiment to see if we could operate at the speed that, like, DJs and rappers do as far as recording and um, and creating and, and creating the album. Um, and that kind of, like, I think almost killed us. But at the same time, I think that there's a lot of bands that think that you can operate the way you did 10 years ago, you know? And, like, that's just, I mean, and that's fine. I think that there's room for that, you know? I think that there's clearly like um, that that lane exists, but it doesn't exist if you want to be uh, a a band that's mentioned in the same sentence as like Drake or something like that. Just doesn't that's not possible, you know. And so you are you know emboldened or limited by you know the times you live in, you know. And so like if you're not willing to use laptops and work on airplanes and you know like whatever then there's somebody else who will you know like then like schools will do it and like you can say that it's not rock music but like all the kids that are at his concerts moshing like disagree with you you know and so i i i think you 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 have to evolve you know like to me and that's the nature of art and that's the nature of human beings you know we live in like a hip-hop world you know i mean and and if anybody who disagrees with me like come out to the like suburbs that I live in. Every kid here dresses like wants to be ASAP or wants to be Kanye. You know, like it's like the world we live in. And I think that there are some bands and there's some artists that still are at the forefront of um, pop culture and pop music. And some are like fine with not, you know, like, because they're, and that's fine too. You know, like, it's like, I think people thought that like, because people thought the marching band music was going to be, big forever you know like at some point you know like that was the biggest music in the world and it just time moves on and i think if you adapt you can still be a, a part of it and you can um you know i mean if that's if that's authentic to who you are 
Yeah, definitely. Before you go, uh, let me just ask you, what's the mania yeah. experience that you're uh, teasing on Instagram? Oh, the mania experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're planning on uh, something big. It will be top of the year. And uh, all I can say, because it's not completely finished yet, is that it's going to be um, physical. Like, this is not going to be... Um, you know, like a, a, a meme or like a hashtag or something like this is going to be a physical thing. Um, but we're like deep in the process of like seeing if we can even get it done. Awesome. So that was my show with Pete Wentz, Fallout Boy. Um, so like Mania, like the old session scrapped, like big, hey? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty brave thing to do for any band um, to like literally just completely start again. Um, but like fair play to them as he said he doesn't want to put something out that's mediocre because like the internet will kill you for it yeah um so yeah fair play to them like it means we've got to wait longer but if what we're waiting for turns out to be a masterpiece then i think it's worth the wait for sure i mean this is the by what you said as well it's the stump went axis going at each other crazy big like it's i mean it sounds like it could be another maybe like another infinity on high and i'm fully ad do i don't know what's i don't know what's to come it's really exciting can I just say, Verse, this is just another chapter in the Big Willy World Exclusive Hootenanny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, ridiculous. To get, like, you've got Pete open up about so many amazing things here, man. Like, kudos for that. Cheers, man. Um, but, yeah, like, it's it's very interesting them saying, like, it was the scrapped part, which, which really got me, and the fact that it does sound like it's Stump and Wentz going at it. Yeah, even now they're sixty seventy cent done. Yeah, on the new stuff, but it does make me wonder, like, how that's going to change again and again. And but also, I think that chemistry is what makes the best music from Fallout Boy. Like, they're never coasting. They're never like, ca- like, being happy with where they are or what they're doing. And I think that dynamic is what's always propelled them forwards. But the other thing which got me was like when because Pete is he's a very brash man. Like he's He's very poetic and romantic in the things which he likes about music and about Fallout Boy. And the big thing I picked up was like how he's very into Latin and African music. At the I minute. love that. Bit. Yeah. Which he just he just threw that in like you know like <laughs> like I'm not listening to Stand Atlantic at the minute or whatever. I'm listening to like Latin American like salsa or whatever, and thinking about how he wants to incorporate that into what Fallout Boy is doing now, which I think is like for someone of that of their size and that stature. To still be taking risks like that and thinking outside the box in such a way, like it's. <sighs> I really, just... really hope they throw in like some little salsa bits or something, just so I can watch you like dancing around the room to it, <laughs> like like learning full salsa moves. Just you. It's like perfect. It. I mean, you should see me salsa. It. <laughs> <laughs> like at Glastonbury this year, I salsa for two hours straight. I'm sure it was like, something to be witnessed. Everything. It's a new dance move every week for you, or a new dance style. <laughs> I'm full of them, man. It's like, like it's, it's, it's all those years of Strictly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I don't know, I just think it's amazing, just like, to, to hear Pete being so open and honest about, like, the thunder which is going on in these recordings, and, like, not shying away from the fact that they've pushed the album back like five months or yeah. whatever it is like a lot of bands wouldn't have the guts to say we weren't happy and to know that like you know he said that now young amazing champion with the songs which were gelling yeah and that the rest just didn't fit 
like he, he could just said yeah it's yeah we we were just like we weren't bothered but to say we weren't happy with these like at all and it's it, I think it's just it's quintessentially Fallout Boy totally yeah I, I think this could be a real like absolute monster of an album I mean obviously we're going to have to wait a little bit longer but um, one last thing that I love that he said as well is that he was saying about uh, channeling the times and really readapting really as an artist and he was saying you know like you have to work on a plane on a laptop because if you're not going to do it there's going to be someone else who will and I love that it's just totally savvy and he just he clearly he clearly gets the music industry as it is in 2017 uh, and that bodes very well for this album I think yeah that's something I really picked up on from the interview um, and I think it's something that needs to be said and to come from someone like Pete Wentz as well um, I think it's really really important that bands actually listen to what he was saying them because he was saying like you know bands need to look a hip-hop artist and what they are doing and how they are changing things because and it's the same like I've noticed it over the festival season this year like the hip-hop artists the grime artists the dance artists they are getting the crowds and the energy that a lot of rock bands or alternative bands pop punk bands but that's who they should be getting but Mm. the way that the world is changing the internet is changing the way music is released is changing like you need to stay one step ahead and the best people to look at Oh, hip hop artists. I think that was like really, really interesting for him to point out. Yeah. And it's it's like with you know you know he's taking Black Bear on tour. Yeah. Like that kind of just shows how lines are blurring, things are changing, and people kind of need to keep up with that because it, it is how it's gonna be. Totally. Yeah. Um. So more on Mania as we get it. Huge shout to Pete for coming on the podcast. So so. Thanks, cool. Pete. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Um, and yeah just uh, hopefully we can get him or Patrick on again it'd be amazing Uh, cool so Jack should we do some listeners questions shall we SWS underscore SOF asked us if we could revive one artist who would it be Tamsin I am going to go with a band who have kind of like teased a revival but they're they're just not really delivering the goods Um, and it's a band called Alexis on Fire shout um, who kind of if you don't know what's kind of happened with Alexa and Fire so they they put out just like insane records and they soundtracked I think pretty much all of our teenage growing up years and even now still listen to them frequently and then they did their farewell shows um about five years ago now um and then a couple of years ago we're like we're coming back we're gonna do some live shows we're gonna play Reading and Leeds we're gonna play this festival we're gonna play that festival and they've they've done some shows in Australia they're doing some shows in Canada but they're kind of like, we're going to play some shows when we feel like playing some shows, but we've got no plans to make music or anything like that. So if they could just sort themselves out <laughs> and make a new record, which is what everyone wants, and then do a proper tour, that would be lovely. Yeah, blind and shout. Yeah, do that, guys. Um, I was going to go Let Live, obviously, but I'm banning myself from that because it was only this year. So I'm going to go for um, Cobra Starship. Uh, <laughs> oh, <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> just because they released what is, in my opinion... Possibly the best pop banger the last couple of years um, in Never Been In Love, which was just this song they just threw out of nowhere after a lot of time away. Um, that kind of was like, uh, it, I mentioned um, the main cover in Still My Sunshine a few episodes ago. Um, it's like that, but in kind of modern form. And it had a Kona pop on it as well. It was it's absolutely amazing. I was like, oh my God, if I do an album of these, this is going to be so sick. And then they just went, oh, we're splitting up. And that was it. So... Gabe, get Cobra Starship back together, please. That would be amazing. I'm going to go with Transit. Oh, strong show. It was only a few... It was only about a year ago, and there's still kind of like... The wounds are still there, but just the loveliest group of lads making lovely music, made for singing along to, like... And 
the scene is uh, a much sadder place without them. Please come back, Transit. <laughs> um, Tapu underscore Lily. Oh, that was nearly System of a Down. Yeah, yeah, nearly. If there was a couple more Lees, yeah. Uh, ask, what's our favourite movie with a good soundtrack? I'm going to go with American Pie The Wedding. I very nearly oh, chose an American Pie. I had American Pie too. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, but I'm going to list off. American Pie The Wedding had Anthem, Good Charlotte, Swing Swing, All American Rejects, Hell Song, Sum 41, Come Back Around Feeder. Do I need to say anything else? No. Amazing. Uh, all right, if you were American Pie The Wedding, I'm going to go Mean Girls instead. Uh, yeah, bit, bit Strong. Of, yeah, <laughs> bit yes. of a pop edge, but um, Samantha Ronson's Built This Way is like, it's kind of pop rock. Uh, it's got pink on it. It's just, a, it's so good, that soundtrack. Uh, big shout out to uh, The Breakfast Club as well if we're going to go 80s. Yeah, that's also a very good shout. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go, I feel like I'm going to be really, really judged for this, <laughs> but I, I'm going to go with it anyway. The first uh, Twilight movie soundtrack. Fair enough. Because yeah, uh, you yeah. got bangers from Muse, Linkin Park, Robert Pattinson wrote some songs for it. That was, that was lovely. Iron and Wine are on it. It's a very lovely soundtrack. I enjoy it quite a lot. There's no judgment here. No shame. No also, I really like the no film. Shame. The film's all right. Isn't it? The film's pretty good. Um, and just to finish off a quick one from uh, Magda All Time Low. What are our favourite songs of uh, Last Young Renegade? I'm going to go with Good Times and Dark Side of the Room. Uh, Ground Control featuring Tig and Sarah uh, or Life of the Party pop banger Drugs and Candy Ooh, Ooh. Straight I mean, out I mean, best I mean, song I mean, on the like, album What we said there is basically that's such a good album Yeah, it? yeah. Like, Just, just it's, it's that all good. of the album Yeah man Says it all man yeah, awesome. Good questions Well done everyone <laughs> So we've launched a new issue uh, our brand new issue featuring Sleep with Sirens on the cover <laughs> <laughs> the banger collection is uh, is now available at shop.roxanne.tv so so cool our designer Tom Morgan shout out again second week um, designed these amazing kind of synthwave 80s retro futuristic covers with the band really really cool so you can get the super fan bundle which includes everything 20 quid absolute bargain or you can get the legends bundle which is uh, their limited edition covers um, Legends Bundle has a vinyl sticker or hand signed poster print by the whole band. Uh, really, really cool. So if you're an uber Sleep with Sirens fan, you have to get on that. And then there's the Gossip Bundle, which is my personal favourite, which has an exclusive tote bag designed by frontman Kellen Quinn himself. And uh, also an exclusive pocket mirror as well. Super, super cool. So get on that. Our associate editor, Rob Sayes, wrote the cover feature. Really interesting. Takes you inside everything and new album new rebirth that is gossip uh, really digs deep and uh, the band really you know really went deep and honest on everything that went into the album and kind of building themselves back up from the ground basically which is super interesting read so if you're a Steam with sirens fan you have to get on this honestly absolutely essential and then also in the issue um my chat with andy beersack on new black veil brides and andy black as well new albums coming if you want to check out the podcast episode with my chat on that check it out it's from a few weeks ago um Jack, you spoke to Seaway. I did speak to Seaway. How was it? Seaway uh, are lovely, lovely, lovely boys. Um, I did a piece where they showed us some pictures from their photo album as a band and saw their main highlights throughout their career over the past few years, such as their headliner at the Underworld in London, uh, their first band promo together, uh, the last days of recording at their new album Vacation, and them playing cornhole on Warp Tour and just got the backstory about what is possibly the best pop punk album of the year. For sure, out today. It is out today. Go and listen to Vacation. Oh, now. man. Just so many jams. And like 
yeah, the guys just gave me a big insight into the creation of it. And as I say again, lovely guys. <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah, uh, there's a song on the album called Neurotic as well, which won the songs of the year. Amazing. Check that out now. Um, also, John O'Callaghan, the uh, the rock sound sage, is uh, coming for life lessons. Super interesting read. Uh, Derek from Mayday Parade, who are going to be coming over to do 10 years of A Lesson in Romantics, has said it's my tunes. Uh, loads of stuff going on. Marmosets in the studio. The return of Water Parks are going to be coming back to the UK later this month. Can't wait for that. And there's a Class of 2007 poster special as well, which is super, super cool. Last week, we talked about our favourite album from uh, 2007. So all those bands are in there, along with a whole host of others. Check it all out. Shop.rocksound.tv. Check it out. So, interview two, uh, Patty Walters. You've been calling for him for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, we finally got him. Um, so, it was really, really cool to catch up with Patty. And um, we were just going to chat about OK, really, and just the, the year that that album's kind of brought the band success it's had. Ended up uh, kind of transforming into a chat about uh, new music already being like put to put well maybe not recorded yet but put ideas being put out there. Uh, the fact that it might not even be very pop punk or rocky, it might be something completely different. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, so here we go. We've been calling for him. It is Patty Waters of As It Is. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, so listeners have been asking for you every week, so uh, they can be super excited about it. That's kind of them. I appreciate <laughs> that. I've actually been telling them to ask for me every week. It's like, okay, they, they haven't asked me yet. So just keep on annoying rock sound until we get there. <laughs> Well, uh, it's worked because uh, we're going to talk about, um, I guess, the a year of OK uh, and kind of what's coming up for you guys and everything. So, yeah, I guess sure. to kick off then, like how like OK was was done at the very start of the year, uh, released at the very start of the year. Um, how has a year of OK been? It's, well, that's the thing that is just so baffling to me is that this record came out, I think it was January 20th of this year. Um, and it already feels like it's been out forever. Like it's just kind of always existed. We We recorded it. Um, finished tracking it only just over a year ago now. We were in this studio uh, July and August of 2016. Um, and singles started rolling out from around this time onwards. I think OK was the first song that we put out. Um, and that's crazy because, I mean, we're, we're already um, deep into planning the next record and we're, we're deep into kind of uh, touring again. Um, and just talking about the future of the band. And um, it almost in a way feels like um, that we, we, we like achieved and just wrote a record we were so proud of. And it, it instead of kind of like really uh, relishing and kind of how great it all felt, we were all like, yeah, we just really want to do that again. And we moved on to the next chapter really quickly. So I think that's what's what's so crazy is that it's it's still such a really new and fresh chapter in the band. But we were all so proud of the last record um, and so excited for like, you know, there were certain things that we got right. We felt there were certain things that we got wrong. We felt we were like, OK, well, let's let's take everything that we've learned and just make an even better record and make an even a greater chapter in the band. And um, I think that's the thing is just kind of, we haven't really paused to, to really reflect or kind of even slow down while it's here. So, so okay has been uh, incredible and there's some songs that we're super proud of. And it, it's nice to see a record that really kind of connected with so many people that did and didn't previously like this band. I think that's the thing I'm most proud of with the record is that, you know, we watched a lot of, you know, um, fan or even critic reviews on YouTube and just kind of generally read them online there were people that did and didn't like us and 
really thought kind of unanimously that this record was a step up. So I think that's the thing we're most proud of. So, um, yeah, it's been crazy that it's still such just kind of a, a new and fresh and recent chapter um, in the band, because I think a lot of our heads are kind of living in the uh, the near future. Wow. Okay. So, so, so with the new music then, like where, where are you up to with that? Are, are ideas very much uh, already blossoming then? A little bit. It's mostly conversational for the time being. Um, but, uh, we, we've always said, and you can see it with OK, is that we, we never want to write the same record twice. Um, so whatever that kind of means for the music and the lyrics or anything else in the future, we're always going to try something different and try something that's really kind of representative of us as people at the time. Um, that's the thing is we, we all have very eclectic music tastes and, you know, it's not strictly pop punk. It's not even strictly alternative music. So I think it's going to just be, um, relatively eclectic and relatively ambitious and we'll just kind of, you know, play around and see what happens. Amazing. Yeah. Because with, uh, okay, obviously you've had the whole kind of fifties aesthetic and that sort of thing. Like, will there be a complete change again for the new record? Do you reckon? Uh, almost certainly. I guess I can't guarantee it at this point, but I think, um, it's been really fun to play with such kind of bold, conceptual, um, and, uh, Im- Im- images and looks and all this really fun stuff. It's been, it's been really exciting to kind of liberate ourselves even further than the music, just, uh, as far as the, the imagery and the, the concepts go. So, so yeah, it, it's very possible. It's very possible. Awesome. And listening back to okay now as well, um, are, are you still really proud of it? Like, are there any particular songs that you're really, really proud of? I am really proud of it. I think the thing I'm most proud about uh, was was that we kind of liberated ourselves musically, and you know, um, it would have it would have made sense to a lot of bands to go, okay, like how can we take what was right about Never Happy Ever After and make it more. I don't know, accessible is maybe the, 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 the appropriate term, but I mean, mainstream or just kind of, how can we kind of dilute it and make it more kind of, I don't know, uh, what people expect to hear. But what we, what we really wanted to do was just like, let's just, you know, as it is, doesn't have to sound like any one thing. I mean, let's just play with what we want to write. We can write darker or we can even write poppier. And I think you can see both those elements kind of present on okay. Um, so moments like soap and moments like Austin, moments like no way out that are much darker. I'm particularly proud of because it's instead of going like, how can we make this more mainstream? It's like, how can we really possibly fuck up the incredible opportunity that we have right in front of us? Like, how can we truly alienate everybody that's signed on board with this band and has really like taken an interest in us? Um, so that was really exciting to see that people, um, resonated with that kind of darker side of our music, but, but, but equally pretty little distance and still remembering are some of the popular songs we've ever written. So it's, you, you really get both ends of the spectrum, um, more so than you do on our previous record and maybe more so than you will on on any future record. It was just a a really exciting moment of anything musically is possible for this album. So we just kind of embrace that. Very cool. Yeah. Because I mean, in terms of that kind of eclecticism then that you were going for with the album, I mean, do you feel that's really kind of um, extended over to to as it is as a band going through the year? Because I mean, like I saw you guys absolutely nail it, download and things like that. It kind of feels like you guys are sort of moving into so many different areas. I think we've just become more confident as musicians and just people that are in this career. I, th- I think, you know, we've, we played Download, we played a couple uh, metal festivals across like Germany and Belgium, things that we, we really wouldn't have been, I don't know, uh, suited to um, if we weren't already, definitely not a, a few years ago. 
But um, there, the, we we didn't even really talk about like, is there should we make changes to the set? Should we should I be like screaming more? It was just kind of let's just get up there, do what we always do, put on a really good show, um, just kind of have a lot of fun. And I think just kind of you know the fun we're having and the ability to which we can kind of do what we've learned to do is is just going to speak for itself. And I think playing as many shows as we have, we've certainly gotten better than we were in 2014 or 2015. And um, we're just kind of enjoying that. There's like a level of confidence there that there there wasn't before. I'm not a particularly confident uh, person outside of uh, music. It's the only thing I, I feel like I've ever been even slightly good at. So um, it's nice to just kind of be able to uh, not be kind of crippled with fear. Not to say that I don't get nervous. There's a lot of shows I still get incredibly, incredibly nervous for. But um, yeah, no, it, it's nice to get up there and you know feel in the moment and feel like yeah, yeah, this is uh, we're we're doing something special and something that we really love, and that's that's pretty cool. Oh man, brilliant! Uh, I mean, in terms of tours as well, you had the US headliner um, earlier this year with with Rome and Grayscale and Sleep on it, and I've uh, I've actually chatted to the Rome guys and Colin from Grayscale about it, and obviously seen you know all of you guys on Twitter. It just looked like it was absolutely amazing. Like, tell us about that. Yeah, we did a really good job of making it look like everybody was really good fun out there, <laughs> and that we were all having a good time. Uh, it was actually just everybody was you know stuck to their own dressing rooms, and nobody was hanging out. And we were like, okay, guys, we're gonna t- we're gonna fake a picture right now so everybody look happy and get together um no it was cool um we've learned uh so much from like being taken out by bands that we really look up to um and a lot of those bands have been uh we've been fortunate enough that they've been like fantastic people and they've treated us really really well i think uh the two most notable are going to be set it off and made a parade um, who really looked after us and like thanked us for being on the tour and like really made us feel welcome. And, you know, we could be in their dressing room anytime and we didn't feel like we were intruding. And this was our first chance to, to be, uh, that kind of headliner. It was nice to be the band kind of looking out for everybody else for a change. And it was nice to just be surrounded by such good people and to always have such a good atmosphere. I think that's what we learned from bands like Set It Off and Mayday Parade that, you know, it, you can be a headliner, you can be incredible on stage every night, but you can also be just really humble and you can be like really good to the bands that you've chosen to bring out. So um, it was a really fun tour. It was a really special moment in this band and, you know, playing such exciting shows um, playing some of the uh, songs on OK that we hadn't played ever in that continent or in that country was was really, re- really exciting and really special. Amazing. Yeah, because as well, in terms of that kind of camaraderie and kind of looking out for each other and everything, do you think uh, the, the scene as a whole, the kind of pop punk scene or the, just the rock scene, the alt rock scene, do you think it's in really, really good health right now? I certainly think so. And I think that's cool because anybody who's kind of in this industry uh, discovered alternative music at a younger age and has kind of grown up with it. Um, So it's nice to see um, younger people still kind of resonating with, you know, aggressive or angsty music, kind of like we did all those years ago. Um, And it's nice to see kind of UK festivals really embracing not only pop punk, but like alternative music in general. Um, you know, you see it at uh, Slam Dunk and Download, but equally you see like Reading and Leeds embracing like pop punk and, and that's pretty cool. Um, and, you know, there have always been UK pop punk bands as long as pop punk's been a genre, but it's really only been within the last, I don't know, three, maybe four years that um, 
international eyes have been looking over to uh, UK pop punk or even international pop punk. It was just a US dominated genre back uh, earlier than five years ago. So I think that's what's pretty exciting. Um, so I think we have a an incredible scene right now, not, not only in the UK, but just kind of worldwide. Wide, and that's uh, really, really exciting. Yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree. And I mean, thinking of that as well, you've got these super diverse tours coming up with uh, both water parks in the US and Canada and uh, Nick Deep in the UK and Europe. Um, how are you feeling about those? I am incredibly excited. I think those are going to be uh, some of the most fun shows and tours that we've been lucky enough to do. Um, we're we're uh, kind of figuring out our sets right now um, and really just wanting them to be fantastic. And I, th- I think that's the thing is, uh, like I said, in regards to those kind of metal festivals in Germany and Belgium, you know, we're going to be going out with a band like Water Parks and there are darker elements on OK. And it's kind of like, you know, are those elements appropriate? Are they really going to connect with people or are we just going to alienate everybody in the crowd? And I think it's that thing of kind of we know uh, the band that we are. We're just going to get up there and be kind of the proudest of our music that we can. And, you know, we're going to embrace those poppy and darker elements and um, just kind of own it. So I think we're just, you know, going to stick to, uh, you know, certain heavy and certain poppier aspects. And, you know, if people get it, they get it. And if they don't, they don't. But, I mean, we're going to be having an awesome time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, some of these rooms on the uh, the Neck Deep tour are going to be some of the biggest UK venues we've ever played. Um, Brixton in particular is a very important venue for me. I saw so many bands that mean the world to me when I was younger there. Um, and to, to be up on that stage is going to be a really, really big deal for not only me, but everybody in this band. And, uh, it's just going to be really exciting. Amazing, man. I can't wait. And, and I mean, talking about that eclecticism as well across bills and across festivals and in the scene in general, um, do you think that's really important? Do you think that's something that, that kind of, I mean, either will naturally, uh, continue to get bigger or do you think it's something that should get bigger? I mean, is eclecticism in within this, this realm of music super important? Do you think? I think generally there's a pretty uh, decent amount of kind of open-mindedness amongst, um, you know, people who listen to alternative music. And I think luckily, you know, like when we did our um, headline tour in 2016, we brought over a band with confidence who sound a lot like us and a band, Jewel Vera, who don't necessarily sound a lot like us, but we, we got to know them on Warp Tour and thought they put out an amazing show. And it was cool to see people... Uh, falling in love with that band like we did just as they would with a band that sounded similar to us. And I think that's the thing is our taste is so eclectic that we don't just want to bring out bands that sound exactly like we do. Um, and, uh, in the future, we're going to bring out bands that might sound even outside the whole kind of rock world. And it's just kind of an exciting possibility, I guess. Wow, man, I can't wait. I mean, in terms of uh, your kind of timeline then, in terms of new music and maybe kind of future tours that you're kind of sort of touching on, that sort of thing, um, what's, the, what's the plan as we go into 2018? That is a good question because it's still <laughs> it's still pretty up in the air. Um, all we know about uh, what's locked in as far as tours go is what's, what's in place for the end of this year. Um, the last um, Water Parks show is the last thing that we know for certain that we're doing. Um, but we, we know we want to get these, these songs recorded, um, sometime early next year and then just do what we do and just tour kind of relentlessly until, uh, until the record inevitably comes out. So we'll just kind of see when it all happens, but it's, it's a pretty exciting kind of prospect for right now. Really cool. So big shout out to Pay for coming on the podcast. Um, really cool that he told us all this stuff as well. Uh, Jack, what are you saying? Uh, I'd just like to say, Patty, if you're listening, I hope you had a lovely birthday and a nice trip to Harry Potter World. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I think the most interesting thing that, like, the main thing is that they're done with OK. And OK only came out in January. Yeah. And I think the days are gone where band because usually with bands, it's like, release an album, tour it for two years, go into the studio, release, tour, release, tour, release. And there's huge gaps, and it's like this anticipation, like the bigger bands do it. But I think it's changed now that bands can be done with their music instantly like there was a big kind of fitness aesthetic which um as it is pulled for this album and made all these amazing like like characters on the album and like with the artwork and even though they put that much work into it if they're done they're done they're not going to stick around just for the sake of like the work that's put in and it sounds as though you didn't really enjoy that album because it's been there for a year and they're just over it and like in saying that now they can write darker, but they can write poppier. Like it's just interesting hearing him talk one so honestly about a, th- a thing which they've nurtured for that long and just like showing it, but also being as excited about the future going forwards. Amazing, yeah. I mean, I mean super honest chat. I think. I mean, Tamsin, what did you take from it? I mean, I think for starters, it's really nice to hear him be a lot happier and as you said they're more confident as a band since OK come out come out came out (laughs) Um, and uh, they've done so much since that album like when you said in the podcast like oh it came out start of the year and I was like no it didn't came out like two weeks ago what are you on about and I was like no no it actually came out in January it's been that long but they're like they've achieved so much since that album and I when I remember when it came out and I was like this is definitely the sound of a band who have finally kind of found themselves, what they want to do, where they want to go with their music. And I like that he was kind of like, so with OK, obviously they had the whole 50s thing and it was all kind of a little bit themed. Um, and I'm really interested to see what happens with this new album, um, whether they kind of carry that over, whether they go even darker than before. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's, I feel like kind of Patty just like just started opening up about like a few dark subjects and his demons and stuff on this album just kind of like as a little taster um, and I feel like this next album could reveal a lot more about him and and the band and I think I think yeah they're they're good they're gonna keep going for years I think they're they're as you said the the UK pop punk scene is really really strong right now um, and I think they there's a lot more in as it is yet. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I, I think this is just the beginning, and you know, I think OK could be a bridge, good as it is. I think it could be a bridge to something even bigger. You know. Yeah. Um, I yeah. OK is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it like, is. Yeah. It's an amazing album. It's like a real testament to songwriting. Yeah. Especially when, like, without being pigeonholed into just like oh, another pop punk band. And to not be happy with that album, like that's that's wild. But it just bodes so many good things that they want to push even further from what is a near perfect pop record. Totally, yeah. I, I kind of feel it was like <laughs> I got the impression from the way he was talking about, like, kind of the writing and stuff they're doing at the moment. It's just like, yeah, okay, it was good, but you have no idea what is coming next. So buzzed, yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, I'd love to hear him. He was talking about like playing download and stuff, and like exploring his range a bit more. I'd love. To, I know he, and as well from his YouTube videos, I know he can scream. I'd love to hear him properly scream on as it is album. Yeah. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine Patty Walters bringing in a beat down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hope it happens. I've, I've always wanted to see a frontman smile as he watches a wall of death go together. <laughs> <laughs> Patty Walters is the man. Yeah, he, he looked look like he's like. 
yes, my plan has finally come together. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, new music next year, hopefully. Uh, big shout out to Patty. We'll get him on again for sure. So uh, yeah, awesome. Huge shout out to him. Um, cool, so RS Shouts this week. Uh, we're going to link it in with Fallout Boy, Sleeping With Sirens, and especially what we are just talking about with Patty in that uh, bands having a rebirth and changing completely what they're about. Um, so I'm going to give this over to Tamsin first. I'm going to go with what are probably one of the biggest bands in our scene right now, Panic at the Disco. Um, I mean, they, they that debut album, I mean, come on, it was huge. It was amazing. It still is amazing. I love it. I love everything about it. And then the... I feel like they they had that awkward stage where it was like, oh, we don't really know what band we want to be. Where do we go from now? Do we do an album dedicated to the Beatles, or do we like what? Well, where, well, what? Y- do, yes, well, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> because you got nine in the afternoon out of it. But I feel like there was kind of stage and members left, and there was lineup changes in it, you know. And then, and then Death of a Bachelor came out, and everyone was just like oh my god like it was the first time that brendan had just worked by himself like writing the whole thing himself pretty much producing it all himself writing it from home and he like absolutely smashed it and i think and the whole vibe around it with kind of the 50s jazz gatsby thing it totally worked um and and you can just see from that you know going on to broadway and things the things that that album has done for the band and for him is insane yeah, he's, he's completely rebuilt that band. It's yeah, I feel, I feel like he has kind of like picked up the pieces and gone like, I am not letting go yet. Yeah. You know what, I'm going to grab it by the horns or whatever and just like go with it and do what I want to do. And it's paid off massively. Super, so. super inspiring. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to go with uh, my favourite band growing up. I haven't actually mentioned much on the podcast yet. Slipknot uh, with volume three, the subliminal verses. Um, obviously Slipknot with this crazy like gargantuan monster of a of a band of thing that you just everyone was like what is this for you know from like 1999 through 2001 with the self-titled in iowa and uh, and then they went away for a bit and it was all kind of a bit like didn't know what was going on a bit of internal strife that sort of thing and they came back with this album that just completely rebirthed them it's like a phoenix come out of the ashes um and before they just been you know there's so much going on in the music but um, they've been this bludgeoning, brutal force. Whereas now, this is where it all opened up, and there were songs like Circle, which is basically an acoustic song, and Corey really, really opening up on his range. And it was just like, I just remember listening to this when I was what, like, I think it came out when I was about 12, and it was just like, oh my god, these are guys, I've been obsessed with this band, and now they've just shown that they can do literally anything. Honestly, it's like a milestone for creativity, in my opinion. Absolutely brilliant. Mine's, like, I think it's so obvious that it's easy to forget that this transformation took place, but MCR, like, if if you listen back and just think of how Three Cheers was, this scrappy, like, nondescript, amazing, just cathartic experience, which, like, it, even now, like, all these years on, I still can't put under a label, like, it's impossible to. To go from that to make the biggest rock opera that's ever existed and probably ever will exist in the Black Parade and make it smooth all those edges out and just create this whole different landscape which from from the band who's in the I'm Not Okay video could you have ever seen like like if you jump from that to like Famous Last Words and how they look it's just it's it's unbelievable like how far that band travelled and how much they 
brought to the table in such a short amount of time and and then even from there on to danger days yeah mad. like like when from that like just each bound has been huge and i think just because of how brilliant and huge they are it's easy to forget like what they did throughout their career and like looking back now it's just a pleasure to like be able to observe and study it even more than we did when we were younger and just when you just banged your head and cried. <laughs> yeah, there were two years between three cheers and the Black Parade as well. It's mental. Like, ridiculous. Absolutely mental. Uh, yeah, it was my second choice, actually. Uh, and stay tuned in the coming weeks for uh, Mr. Frank Iero on this podcast. That's going to be very exciting. Uh, cool. So we're coming to uh, the close of this week's show. Unfortunately, it always goes too fast. At shop.rocksound.tv, we have launched a new cover exclusive with Sleeping With Sirens. Super, super interesting. Limited edition covers. The story of gossip. Absolutely amazing. Check out the super fan bundle. Only 20 quid on shop.rocksound.tv. And an absolute bargain. Check that out. Buy them up because they will sell out. Um, the gossip bundle. Exclusive tote bag signed by Kellen Quinn. Along with an exclusive pocket mirror. And also a legend bundle if you want something that includes uh, a vinyl sticker, uh, the band's logo, along with a hand signed poster print by the whole band. Super, super cool. Uh, it's got chats with Andy Beersack on Black Bell Brides and Andy Black and those albums coming up. Uh, Jeremy McKinnon's best production moments. Jack's chat with Seaway. Uh, mentioned him again, Frank Iero, didn't ask me anything. Uh, Derek Sarner's My Tunes, John O'Callaghan Life Lessons, The Return of Waterparks, The Return of Marmosets. So much stuff going on. You've got to buy these up. As I say, they will sell out. Shop.roxanne.tv get on them tell us your favourite things buy them up be amazing huge shout to our Scuzz TV show as well if you want to watch the TV show and read along um, you want to check out the new bands everything including the magazine you want to check these bands out if you don't know them or if you like getting to know these bands perfect way just read along watch all their absolutely amazing songs on Scuzz on daily check that out and also our Spotify playlists have been refreshed um, so we've got absolutely amazing stuff RS Classics Emo Post Hardcore Pop Punk anything that you're interested in Pop Sound as well of course which we mentioned every week um, all of these being refreshed new tunes going on in there we've also launched the Rock Sound chart haven't we Jack oh yeah like the Rock Sound chart I listen to it nearly every day it's the perfect mix of everything which embodies what Rock Sound's about all the bands all the bangers not as, not as much bands as you get on here but just <laughs> Sleeping Sirens Architects Seaway Across the Atlantic Paris uh, Stand Chapel, Atlantic Stand Atlantic <laughs> yeah. Stand Atlantic just yeah it's brilliant, and that's updated every Tuesday. Amazing, yeah. I was just on the way into work, actually. It's perfect. Such a good length as well. Like, If you want to know everything that's going on in Rock Sound, you have to listen to that and subscribe. So get us on Spotify, get us on Instagram, get us on Twitter, get us on Facebook. Check everything out. Talk to us. We want to talk to you about music. We want to talk to you what you want on this show. So talk to us. Uh, it's been good. I'll uh, see you guys next week with chats with Mr. Matt Welsh of Barty Sleeps and also Mr. Nick Martin of Sleeping With Sirens. There's a lot of sleeping going on, isn't there? Oh, yeah. It's the sleep special. I'm well excited. I love sleeping. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're going to be talking to Nick for Steven Sirens on album release day of Gossip. That's going to be super interesting. Uh, Tamsin, you had a good time? I've had a lovely time. Awesome. As always. Yeah. Yeah. Jack? Yeah, it's all right, yeah. Uh, There we go. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.